0: Shalom. Assalamu alaikum. This is Peace Talk, a podcast about the Middle East and Israel.
1: I'm Jonathan Sachadotti, a Jewish journalist in the UK. My name is
0: Mortaz Khalil Mizu, Muslim, Egyptian journalist, raised in Egypt and
1: come here in London. This is our brand new podcast, so, welcome. In just a moment, we've got an exclusive interview with Abi Isharov, the creator of Fauda but also an expert in Palestinian Arab affairs and a veteran journalist in that area, discussing with him the current situation in Israel and the ongoing war against Hamas. But before we get to that, let's just talk a little bit about you and me, Mizo. You and I met, I don't know if it's over a year ago now, probably nearer two. Two years. Yeah, and it's when I was doing some work that involved Arabic, and you were somebody I knew as an Arabic translator in the beginning. But I think as we got to know each other, I realised that there was a lot more to what was going on with your presence here in the UK than that. You'd come here, I think, to study at SOAS. Exactly. And you came from Egypt where... You were working in one of the main newspapers. Al-Ahram right? newspaper. Right. Yes,
0: Al-Ahram newspaper. I came here to study in London, where you come from the Middle East to London. You can face a big challenge. You can see the pro-Palestinian, pro-Arab, anti-Israel, and i wanted to continue my work i wanted to continue my uh, my work in my field in hebrew and israeli studies but here is the big challenge when in if you study israeli issues uh, in in egypt for example you can only meet with egyptian teacher with egyptian professor but here when you talk about the israeli army for example you can see israeli officer this is london
1: so let me ask you um because Obviously, you came here to study, and as you said, you had the opportunity to engage with more people directly from from the Israeli side of things, which is a great interest of yours. Now, I was really interested in the piece that you did in The Express, um, where you wrote about your background and your upbringing in Egypt, because Egypt and Israel have been at peace for decades, officially, and yet what you wrote in the piece was that you had an experience growing up in Egypt, since the 80s, really, of... Um, anti-Semitism sort of deeply rooted in, in the religious education you were given, but also it sounded like in the political education, generally speaking, there's a peace, but it's a, a cold peace. It's not a real one. It's a frozen peace.
0: If you take about the peace between Israel and Egypt, it's about the president and the prime minister office, and also between the officers. But you can't see the people which you can create a peace. The real beast. It's my son. It will be your son. This is the real beast, and this is what happened, for example, between Israel and UAE. There is a children which encourage this in Egypt. When I was only child, and to go to our Sheikh in the in the Friday uh, 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 pray, Allahumma taqim al-Yahud. Ah, oh, we want to to destroy them. They they are the big evil. They are. The big uh, uh, cause to so all the world,
1: uh, preaching Jews are the big e- evil.
0: Then it is Azhar magazine in the last e- edition. The last edition, its name, El Yahud, the enemy of the world, and the cause all the problem to the world. This is an official magazine, which now you can see it
1: in the in the street in mm-hmm. Egypt. This week. This week. This week. I have a copy. And, this it says, and, and so, so, what we're dealing with really, and it's what you were writing about, is that there is officially peace, but it's a peace of, of officials. Uh, it's at the top level, and that when I it comes down to the society, you'll get magazines, individuals, people, mosques, where there's still absolutely. The hatred. hate of Israel. I think, Joe, the hate of Israel is a trade in Egypt. There is uh, like goods, uh, you can sell and it's... it's a so, kind of- how did you come to be such a bad businessman in that trade? Like, what <laughs> wh- what, what was it for you? You know, I, it, you seem to me to be extraordinary in that respect. Exactly. This, so, what what inspired you? You grew up with the sheikh in the mosque, and, preaching And I come way. from Suez. Suez
0: is a city which hate Jewish and they right. hate yes, Israel. Right. And my uncles hate me because I learned Hebrew.
1: Why did you learn Hebrew? What what made you into the okay. mizo I you know I have here with me now that we're friends? How did okay. that happen? I
0: love the Palestinian case and Israel and the, 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 the uh, Middle East crisis. As a result of that, always my father tell me, if you want to learn anything about any people, you should learn their culture and their language. I have Arabic and I see and I know Palestinian. So it's a big challenge to go to Hebrew studies and to learn Hebrew and to see the Israeli culture, Israeli museum, Israeli films. Here I can see every day Israeli films, but in Egypt. So just to be clear, your father was telling you to learn about Israelis? uh, To learn about
1: the language to the case which you want to learn, which you love. So because you had an interest in the Palestinian cause. Exactly. He recommended that you should learn Hebrew and about Israel. He grew up in Suez.
0: You know that in Suez you go to work in support, to work in the goods. But but there is some French women which they worked with their husbands in Suez Canal. They established a a small school. And as a result of that, my father is the only, Mm. only educated persons or whole brothers. So he go to France and uh, he knows some jewish in france you can see jewish everywhere like like here in london so it when your father
1: it. did this did he have in mind that you should become what you are now or was this a surprise to your father yeah exactly but but but
0: see Joe, in egypt a, a, a journalist syndicate punish me because i make interview with israeli director Sigalit banai i want to 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 make an interview with any Israeli without anyone punishing me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give, I I always said, give the Israelis the right to live. Give the Israelis the right to live together. We wanted to live together. What is is the problem?
1: You were met with resistance with that. People didn't like that attitude. I met with some characters,
0: which if they uh, face a problem with his wife, he said that Jewish, they cause this problem. Anything. For example, here, if you see the Arabic newspaper, every day they attack Israel with reason or, or with, without any reason. Every day, in Israel there is more than a million Arab, and the, and you know, in Israel you can found four hundred mosque. I remember in the first day to meet in al Ahram, the editor in chief crowd. What you say, Mohammed Baraka, member Knesset? I said yes. He said to me, Habibi. Mohammed Barak, a member of the Palestinian parliament. I said, no, 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 no. There is Arab in Israel and there is Muslim. And this is is your editor in the newspaper? In the editor, my boss, okay? And he didn't know? They know there is Arab in Israel. I mean, that's extraordinary, right? Uh, And this is is a normal, normal situation because Egypt closed the door between the Israeli people and uh, uh, Egyptian people. This is normal.
1: Amazing. Now, in what is hopefully the first of a series of interviews that we're going to be doing, I'm really pleased that we've got joining us on the line Avi Ischarov, who is not only a veteran journalist of Palestinian and Israeli affairs, but he's also the co-creator of the enormously successful TV hit series Fowder, which right now is actually seeming somewhat prophetic with uh, the various goings on that happened in that TV series, which incidentally was much loved, not just in Israel and in the UK, but also in many Arab countries. Avi, welcome to Peace Talk. Thank you very much for joining us. Firstly, can I just ask, how has it been for you experiencing this dreadful war so far? It's pretty terrible,
2: I must say. Because, you know, war is terrible. And this war has been forced on Israel from the very first day, from October 7th. With so many casualties. Uh, Civilians, uh, military. Then also many Palestinian civilians that were killed. And on the personal level, I had someone very close to me that was killed also during the battles in Gaza. So it is a terrible war
1: i'm so sorry to hear that and i wish you long life i send my condolences and and of course to anyone and everyone who's who's lost someone in this horrible war now you have experience as a a journalist factually in this area but also as a creator of this incredibly popular drama I wonder if you see any crossover at the moment in what's just happened. It, it seemed so extraordinary what happened uh, that it felt like it was something straight out of Fowder
2: I think that what happened in reality uh, is way, way bigger than what we dare to go wild, you know, craziest, craziest nightmares, um, when we were trying to think about FAUDA, Fifth Season or FAUDA in general. We didn't imagine for one second that something like what happened on October 7th will take place. We didn't imagine that the atrocities that were committed on the ground, this is something that a human being is capable to do, uh, is able to do. And it's terrible to learn that. It's terrible to understand that this is the reality and this is um, the sad situation between gaza and israel and you know I, I cannot even find the words to to express my my shock from what happened on october 7th till today
1: 52 days later obviously i followed wars and israeli news and politics all my life but i couldn't have comprehended something like this ever happening, despite knowing about Hamas, their brutality, uh, the the truth of terrorism and wars. But it sounds to me like you couldn't either. Am I right in saying that, from what you've just said? Look, I've known Hamas for quite many
2: years as a journalist. Um, I've been following them very closely. I've met their leaders in Gaza Strip. I've met some of their leaders outside of Gaza Strip. They've been talking to me. And even I, as, you know, one of the very few Israeli Jewish journalists that were in touch or in some kind of connection with Hamas, we didn't expect that to come. I thought that Hamas in the last few years, what I think is that Hamas in the last few few years had become very close to the same ideology as ISIS, and see the enemy not anymore as just an enemy, but as uh, the devil. And they're ready to do everything in order to eliminate the devil, including killing, massacring kids, women, uh, cutting their heads off, uh, setting them on fire, raping them, etc. And this is the new
0: Hamas that, you know, I didn't have the chance to really meet and know. When I... uh... Read your articles. When I read your analysis in the websites, for example, in Wala, in Yadut you wanted to deliver a message. You wanted to send it to us a message. You think that uh, Israeli officers, Israel, not take your message in Fauda, for example. You speak about the cooperation between some doctors in the West Bank. When they take care about Abu Fahd. You remember this point, Abu Ahmad? And uh, this is what happened in the Shefa, for, for example. It's copy-based. As a result of that, uh, you think there is something happened before the 7th of October? They misunderstanding, they don't care, they didn't catch you? <laughs>
2: Look, you know, many of the things that we um, wrote in FAUDA took place in reality, and some of them in the past, some of them took place on the, also under, also after In FAUDA 4 or 3 were aired. Okay. In FAUDA 3, we imagined, uh, we wrote about the situation in which undercover units are getting into Shifa hospital, where the Hamas leadership is hiding. Exactly. That was around two, 2017. <laughs> maybe 2018, and people didn't understand why are we talking about Shifa Hospital? How come that we made out of uh, Shifa Hospital the headquarters of Hamas? Mm -hmm. But today we know that this is the true reality, that Hamas made Shifa Hospital a huge HQ headquarters for their leaders, a huge tunnel network underneath the hospital that was just uncovered um, a few days ago, and it's quite amazing to see this in reality, though it was in fiction, so-called. But this is the game that Fauda is playing, you know. Fauda is a kind of uh, an attempt to walk in between
1: fiction and reality. Okay. I mean, obviously there was a massive failure of intelligence uh, before the 7th of October. With your background and your knowledge and, and your contact in the past with, with Hamas leaders, as you say, How could this have been spotted? And in fact, how could it have been missed? uh, There's all the reporting that's come out in the last couple of days about the actual videos that Hamas uploaded of them carrying out actual training that was directly relevant to this publicly online. Um, How on earth could Israel, the might of Israel with its intelligence and military, how could this have been missed?
2: You know, I was asking myself this question today. What would be worse if Israel intelligence didn't know a thing about this thing or that the Israeli intelligence knew it all and ignored? And I'm sorry to say that what we were learning in the last few days is that the Israeli intelligence knew about everything. That the A200 unit of the Israeli intelligence intercepted this whole plan of war that Hamas had, one after the other, like all the different actions that were taken on October 7th, they had it. They had it a year ago. They watched the training. They knew about the the drills and the training, etc. Some intelligence officers warned that Hamas is preparing for a war. But the fact that the commanders of this intelligence Decided to ignore and said no. This is not true. This is fiction. It's a kashkul. This yes. is yes. yes, yes. This is something kushku. like Falda. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> not. It's not real. And you read it, and you read the, the the warnings that were written by officers from lower ranks. Okay, not high ranks, but um, sergeants and lower rank officers. They wrote specifically about what's going to happen. And this is exactly what happened one after the other on October 7th. And it's astonishing. It's not less than amazing to understand that the Israeli intelligence had it all and decided to ignore.
1: Do you read into it uh, incompetence or malice?
2: No, I, I think that this is a kind of a conception, a failure of conception that... Hamas is not planning for a war, that Hamas is interested in economic flourishing or uh, you know, development, and Hamas is just interested in you know, uh, sending more workers, Palestinian
1: workers from Gaza, into Israel. Prosperity. Even if one subscribed to that, what was the reason for the military drills and all of the intelligence showing that at the same time they were planning this war? again now we're very smart we're all very smart Mm -hmm. but the bottom line was that everyone
2: thought that that was just kind of a show-off right you know shooting a few shots jumping from wheels trying to build deterrence against israel but not more than that and again it wasn't one drill it wasn't two drills yeah and every time that they made those drills the same lower rank officers watched it and warned, listen, they are preparing for a war. And someone decided to ignore that.
0: You know that many Arabic audience see Fawda. Yeah, I know that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Israel offered to, to see the film which they take uh, some shoots from the, what happened in 7th of October. If we prepare a film about the 7th of October, you think it's a good idea to create a film or to make a film like that about what happened in 7th of October?
2: I myself, I'm trying to make these days a sh- kind of very short documentary of nine minutes that will just explain what happened on October 7th, because I think that most of the world doesn't understand. Most of the world is still busy with, you know, going to demonstrate against Israel and crying out, like, Free Palestine, although they don't really understand that Gaza is not Palestine and Hamas is not Palestine, and there is no Palestine till that day, at least. Uh, so, I think that one of the most important things is that people will learn more about what happened over there, about the catastrophe, about the 1,400 people that were killed, about the 240 people that were kidnapped into Gaza, including a nine months here a nine months old baby. an 85 years old woman this is
1: just this is not war this is an atrocity that footage i've watched it and i've watched a lot more as well besides of what happened on the day it seems impossible to communicate that to people except through them seeing it and it's so brutal and horrific that you don't want most people to have to see that sort of thing. So how will you tackle that in a film that you're hoping to make, which presumably won't be showing all of the gory details? What, what do you think is the right way to communicate the, the root cause of this current war, which is that brutality and, and sick, sort of savage pleasure that those Hamas terrorists had in what they were doing? How will you, how will you get that across?
2: I'm not sure that I have a good explanation or a good solution for that. Um, I can only say that, you know, uh, I'm not trying to change people's point of view that are totally determined that poor Hamas uh, just had a kind of a nice vacation in Israeli territory and by mistake killed 1,400 people. That's not the aim of this film. I'm not going to affect these stupid people, ignorant people that don't understand what happened over there and decided that Israel is the aggressor. So they are not the aim. The aim at the end of the day is the people that really want to know the truth. People that want to understand what happened over there. The the people that think that they know it
1: all, this is not the aim of this movie. It's interesting what you say about two different audiences. I agree with you that those people who don't want to know will never want to know or Uh, will never want to see the truth of it. They'll always have a conspiracy behind it. But in terms of communicating as broadly as possible, because I think that Israel needs a broad understanding across the world in order to be able to deal with the problems it has to face, you've got a foot in, in both camps, both in fact and in fiction. Do you think that drama has been a useful tool in that respect? Do you think, for example, that Fowder... Managed to communicate to some of those people, whereas the facts and the news may have not been as good at doing that. And there's
2: no doubt that sometimes drama is way more useful in trying to explain to people um, what happened. You know, even I, as a kid, I remember myself watching an, an animation TV series about the way that the globe was created, about the way that the world has been created like thousands of years ago, Um, about ancient times, about the history. I've learned it all through animation comics for kids because it was easier for me than, you know, to go to, I don't know, a school and some teacher would teach me about the history of the world. So, of course, sometimes TV or movies are way, way more useful than that.
1: How do you see this ending? We're very much in the middle, if not the beginning of, of this war. What do you think is going to happen next? The truce, will it, will it be extended over and over until more hostages are out? Will the military be able to go back with full force or will Biden and, and other international forces stop them? What What's next and, and how does this end? Uh, I don't
2: know. Honestly, no one can tell right now. I don't think that the government uh, in Israel can allow itself, politically speaking, not to continue with the war. I think that they might uh, continue with the ceasefire for a couple of uh, days, for a few more days. At the end of the day, if Netanyahu won't renew the war against Gaza, against Hamas, that will be the end of his uh, government. So this is a man that, you know, above all, it's very important for him to survive politically. And this is why I think that there's no doubt that the Israeli government will continue the war.
0: Avi, uh, you are one of the little jo- uh, Israeli journalists which you meet uh, General Omar Suleiman, the head. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, you think that Egypt accept uh, Gaza without Hamas?
2: I think that Egypt would love to see Gaza without Hamas. Uh, I think that Hamas is part of the Muslim Brotherhood, and it's not a secret that the Egyptian regime in Cairo and uh, the Egyptian president, they are not much fond of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. And that's the understatement of the
1: year. Avi, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. And we wish you and everyone in Israel strength and, of course, ultimately victory. Thank you very much. Thank you, Avi. That's all we've got time for in this episode of Peace Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been interesting for us. I hope it has been for you too. And let's hope that more talk will lead to more peace. (laughs) Inshallah inshallah
0: by Zarat Hashim and we hope that you enjoy this interview and this small podcast with Joe and the music.